Welcome to Say Yes and Become. I'm your host, Leonard Lee, and I want to invite you to get ready to say yes. One of the most exciting and life-shaping words people say today is yes. And when we say yes to God, we become exactly who we were made to be. God is always inviting us to be his friend and to be his partner. It is an invitation to get close to him and then join him in what he wants done. Saying yes to friendship and saying yes to partnership changes everything. We're going to meet people whose yes to God has shaped their very lives and the lives of so many others. We will be encouraged, inspired, and we're going to find new ways to say yes to a friendship and partnership with God. So grab your coffee, get yourself to the gym, get ready for that bike ride, or do whatever you do when you take in a podcast and join us today as we say yes and become. Welcome to Say Yes and Become. I'm your host, Leonard Lee, and we are going to have an amazing conversation today with a friend of mine. Gosh, we've been friends for... Oh man, I want to say our kids were babies and uh, I think Megan's what, 31? She is. And Katie's 29. And so it's been at least 15 years. Um, (laughs) uh, And we've known each other. uh, We've done church together. We've just been friends. uh, We've laughed together. We've uh, cried together. And uh, I'm really excited to introduce to you um, Becky Mitchell. Becky is uh, an amazing woman of God and a good friend. And um, Becky, thanks for being on the on the Say Yes and Become podcast today. Uh, I want to ask you if you would just simply tell the people who are listening anything that you might want them to know about you. Well, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here and just such a joy to talk to you since you now live across the country. Uh, I am a daughter, a mother of two adult daughters. Yep. Uh, you mentioned Megan, 31, and Mackenzie, 25 now. Wow. I uh, teach, a lot of my time goes to teaching. I teach English at a local university. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, molding 18 year old minds as best I can. And um, I've been, I was married for 25 years and went through a divorce. And that's very much part of my story that mm. we'll go into later. And that's become very much part of my ministry, helping people recover from divorce because yeah. it's a tough road. And so that's, those are the things that take up my time. Wow. Terrific. And, um, uh, you have read some of the stuff I write. Do you criticize it because you're an English teacher and I'm an English butcher? <laughs> no, you're wonderful. <laughs> Thank yes, you. when I tell people I'm an English teacher, they're suddenly afraid to text me, you know, for fear oh, no. of making a grammar mistake. But I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a grammar Nazi. Oh, good. I'm so glad uh, that has rescued me more than once. I'm sure. Um, well, we are, uh, our podcast, uh, Becky, is called Say Yes and Become, and it comes from the idea that uh, really every good thing in our life comes out of saying yes to God, and they, he offers us two primary invitations from Genesis to Revelation, and the first invitation is, would you just come be close to me? Come be my friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, just join, just be my friend. Be close to me. Uh, Jesus put it this way, abide in me, remain in me. Let's get really close. And uh, and that's that invitation literally is from Genesis to Revelation. It's how the Bible starts. 
uh, and it's how it ends. Be close to God. And then the second one is uh, join me in what I want done. Be my partner. We can look around the world. I'm sure you see it on the university campus. I'm sure you see it in in the ministry that God's given you. Uh, I'm sure you see it in everyday life that um, there's just a lot of things God wants to do. And he's saying to you and to me, hey, let's go do that together. Let, and so those two invitations, and when we say yes to that, something supernatural, something spectacular takes place and we become something. It's not that we do something, we're transformed into literally going, this is who I am. I care for people uniquely because I am close to God. And uh, I've seen that in you over the years. Uh, I've um, witnessed that. We've been able to uh, uh, link up a little bit with uh, Divorce Recovery. And I watch you in there and just how admired you are in there. And uh, you're living that out. And so um, I always start with this question. Uh, Becky, what are some uh, significant yeses that you have said to God in your lifetime? Of course, there are many. I'll start in high school. And uh, I was uh, struggling a little bit, lived with my mom and stepfather. My stepsister was going to come live with us. I was stressed about that. I got connected with um, Wendy Campbell mm -hmm. and met with her and we we talked and so then eventually i got involved with youth for christ an yep. organization you know well i went to a, one of the retreats and it was a water skiing trip and it i think it was called walk on water yes and, wow and is that right yes wow. yes so there was one incident where um somebody kind of looked at me and a friend from a distance and said Oh, that's Jackie and the other one. Mm. So I was known as the other one. Mm. And I walked away from that retreat hurting because of that comment, because of feeling kind of invisible. Um, and went and read some passage, and I don't really remember what it was, but it was a passage that said, God loves you and accepts you no mm. matter what. And so... I said yes to God loving me and accepting me and started following him. So it wasn't a, you know, asking Jesus into my heart because of feeling convicted or sin, but because mm -hmm. I needed that acceptance and that yeah. love. Yeah. So that was a big yes for me during my teenage years. Mm, man. Another Another one, like jumping forward to uh, the marriage stuff, um, was I separate about 10 years ago, I separated from my ex. Mm -hmm. And that was, of course, a tough time, the toughest in my life to go through that 25 years of marriage. And then um, two years of separation, and then we divorced. And so I was in a lot of pain, mm. I was angry at the betrayal. I, I was hurting. I, I had prayed, other people had prayed for this, the restoration of our marriage, which didn't happen. And I was stuck. Mm -hmm. I was stuck in my pain. I was stuck in my victim mentality and not moving forward. And I 
remember reading John 5, when Jesus asked the man who's paralyzed for 38 years, do you want to get well? Hmm. And I thought, what a silly question. But it wasn't silly. And I asked it of myself. Do I want to stay stuck and keep thinking of myself as a victim and keep and maybe slide into bitterness? Or do I want to get well? Mm. And I said, yes, I want to get well. And I started making choices, being a little more proactive in my healing, joining um, support groups, trying some new activities, letting go of my past life uh, and getting involved with singles at church, et cetera. And the list kind of goes on and on. Um, the biggest of which though, is that I started writing. Mm. I was journaling a lot because that was a helpful process for me in my healing, but the, like a, you know, a little twinkle in your eye was this idea. Well, maybe I could write a book. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I have no idea how to do that. Yes, I'm a writing teacher, but those are little five-page essays. Yeah. I did not know about book writing, but I just thought, you know, I think God wants me to do that. Mm. There's this book uh, by Francis Chan called Forgotten God about the Holy Spirit. And it's, yeah. it's in the introduction, he says that he didn't feel qualified to write it which is kind of funny coming from yeah. Francis Young, but, <laughs> but he said he felt compelled and I felt the exact same way. I didn't really feel qualified, but I felt compelled really that, okay, yes, God wants me to do this. So I'm going to head in that direction. Wow. That is so great. And so it, your yeses uh, come through the lens of, of uh, needing God uh, needing to know that God sees you, mm -hmm. you're going to say yes to Him, uh, and and then uh, significant ones along the way. I know um, whether it was church, ministry, life, faith, uh, and then when uh, when when the life you were living wasn't the life you set out to live, um, saying yes to uh, to Jesus's offer. Do you mm -hmm. want to be well, man? That is so great. So great. I, I think um, as soon as you said uh, uh, John 5, I thought, oh, man, now I got to go preach that because that's just amazing. Um, do you want to be well? Do you want to? And uh, him saying, yeah. And so this is not on your list of yeses. And so anything that I ask you that's not on your list of questions, you can just look at me and go, mm -mm, that ain't what we're doing. Um, but Somewhere in the process, when you get to a big yes, like trusting Jesus, uh, when you get to a big yes that says, "Okay, God, I want to be well. I want to, I want to move past this." Um, were there any little yeses that came before that that maybe like, "Well, I'm just going to take a couple baby steps" or small yeses? Uh, can you think of any that maybe you said, "That's a, that's that's a yes I'm going to start taking." Well, one of the ways that I respond to big yeses is to take the baby steps. Okay. Right? Um, because sometimes I'm not 100% sure and often I'm overwhelmed and almost every yes I feel inadequate. Mm. So I 
I have to take the baby steps. Yeah. And I, and sometimes I, I don't know where to go. Like with, with the writing, I, okay. I just start taking baby steps by writing more. And I love metaphors. So I'd write metaphors and, and um, I'd write lessons. I was learning about the healing process. Sometimes they would match up. Sometimes they wouldn't. Um, mm. And then I went to a writer's conference mm. and submitted a little bit of writing and they said well we're confused <laughs> what's your genre where are you going yeah and and so I took that feedback and worked on it some more and went the next year so I didn't know how it was going to turn out but I knew God wanted me to to take the steps and I just yeah. tried to ask well what is the next step and and not look for a big neon sign or even an audible voice. But um, as long as he wasn't saying no, and it seemed to match up with the little step, then, then go ahead and do it and, and see what happens. Yeah. It was trying to be faithful in those, those little steps. Um, and it helped me to not get stuck and saying, Oh God, I can't, I can't do that big, big yes. Yeah. yeah. I can do this little one. It makes it makes the process more manageable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, was that the writers' conference at Mount Hermon? Yes. Yeah, I yes, have not I been did. there. I, have you? Yeah. No, I haven't. But I keep hearing oh, it's haven't. amazing. It is. Yeah. So, so you take these little steps and you put yourself out there. Um, people don't always think that little steps are risky, but they kind of are, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What kind of risk do you think you took taking some little steps? Well, I think fear of failure. I okay. think even even telling people, oh, I'm thinking about writing a book. You know, even though I've been told, oh, you should, that I'm a good writer or whatever. Just that, just putting that on the table as mm-hmm. a as a dream or a goal mm-hmm. is a is risk mm-hmm. risky for me to say, oh, yeah. maybe I'll fail. Um, and also, you know, I like status quo, (laughs) at least I, I used to, I'm, I'm a little more open to change now, but you know, I like it comfortable. Let's just do what I've been doing. But when you say yes, even the little steps, you're making a shift. Sometimes you're making a a change and, and that's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and we don't know the outcome. And, um, I think we're responsible maybe for the obedience of the little steps and God is responsible for the outcome. Oh, I love that. But, um, but it, but it's still scary and it's, there's, you're just taking a step into the unknown. Yeah. Yeah. But look at who we're stepping into with the God Mm -hmm. of the universe who loves us. So Mm -hmm. it's worth it. Totally worth it. Um, I think sometimes we spiritualize things. Um, <clears throat> and so when somebody's afraid or when somebody has anxiety, uh, we we throw we throw sentences on them that don't really help. God says, don't be afraid. Mm. Um God says be anxious for nothing, you know. And you read these things and you go like, oh man, somebody's gonna have to spank me later because I've been anxious and fearful, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna get in big trouble. But in reality, um, there's a humanity to us mm-hmm. that we have anxiety and we are also anxious. 
you know, and I, I tell one of my buddies, I said, listen, anxiety is not a sin. Uh, becoming anxious out of, out of a desire to control everything. That's when you've crossed the line and uh, um, being fearful. There's just some things that are scary, mm-hmm. you know, putting yourself out there, risking, those are scary things, but mm-hmm. letting fear make all your decisions. That's when God says, don't be, don't I've, have courage. Don't be afraid. Don't let fear make all your choices. Okay. So you, you uh, write a book and I want to talk about that book in a few minutes. Um, but as you're now, uh, you're saying yes to God, you're taking little steps. Um, uh, he's beginning to heal you uh, of some things. He's putting you in a process. Um, you're taking risks. Uh, you're not letting fear make your decisions. That's always a fear doesn't usually make good ones. Um, uh, how did your daily yeses inform that? You know, there we have to, you know, not the little yeses, but just the daily ones. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay in this place where I can say yes. How did your daily yeses and what were they, if you have any? Mm. Um, I think one was to be more still. Mm. Um, you know, with going through the divorce, everything is upside down. Yeah. You know, I lost my house. I lost my spouse. I lost some financial security. Uh, and so it's it's tough to recover. Uh, and the it's the daily uh, yes to God to trust Him and to to be still. I think mm-hmm. to you know I picture uh, a, a bench. You know how they have those benches and they has a great view of the ocean or or it's along a hiking trail and they have those little mm-hmm. benches that you can sit. And I tried to picture myself sitting there with Jesus. Mm. So he was with me in the moment and listening and sometimes not saying anything, but just being present with me. Yeah. And so I didn't have to do it alone, but, um, and and I had to, but, you know, I needed people too. Uh, And so I took opportunities and, oh, the one thing I had to do, learn to do, which is so, so hard for me is to ask for help. Oh, (laughs) I'm an independent soul and, and but we go through times when we're kind of needy and this is a needy season for me. And I remember one time somebody offering, Oh, why don't you come over for Thanksgiving? You and the girls and Oh yeah. Okay. And this was like in October, a month prior. And then I didn't have regular contact with her. uh, But I kept thinking about that invitation and I had to, reach out to her and say, is that invitation still open? Mm. So that I wouldn't, so that I wouldn't be home alone. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, to watch for those moments where I could protect my feelings a little bit. Yeah. And, and so I, I reached out and asked, can I still come over? Can we still come over? And so that was a little thing I, I had to learn 
to do dance people. And I asked you Mm -hmm. multiple times, I, can you please meet with me Mm -hmm. and Mackenzie and, um, and you were so kind. And I just think your words were like Jesus talking to me saying Mm -hmm. you are loved. God sees you and you'll get through this. So thank you. You're so welcome. And thank you for asking and inviting me into that as well. Um, I was just telling Marilee, Marilee's my wife, in case you guys didn't know that, listening. Um, I was just telling Marilee, it's amazing how life tries to talk us out of, uh, of, of the things that God says who we are. Mm. Uh, that life has a way of just trying to talk us out of that. It's mm-hmm. still our confidence and such. Um, and so did you develop any kind of habits, any kind of... Uh, processes or strengthen any habits that said, you know what, I just can't let, let life talk me out of this. I got to fight the, the, the lies of the enemy. Were there any of those that helped you in the process of your guesses? You know, that was a battle because I had been rejected really in my marriage. And so I, I remember one particular day when a woman said to me, you're hopeless. Mm out and I you know I audibly gasped and but the thing was I was looking in the mirror and the woman that said that was me Mm. and so I had to learn that's from the enemy I had to really work hard at captivating my thoughts Mm. and and changing how I viewed myself because I felt so unlovable and replaced and invisible yeah but that was from a human being and not from god and so i i had to take a conscious effort to okay and not beat myself up but that thought went into my head but just to reject it Mm. say that's Mm. not from god god loves you god sees you god values you yeah and that's so good. I, I, um, <clears throat> uh, when you said that woman, uh, was in the mirror and that was me, uh, I don't know if you saw my face, but I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> that's, that's powerful. And, uh, because I think that we have the, we have the ability in our culture to be the hardest on ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you come from the faith world and, mm-hmm. You have these standards that have been set in front of you, and 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 this is how the 2.0 life is supposed to look like this. And you say these words, and Jesus responds all the time, and and <laughs> you know everything gets better and better and brighter and brighter, and and all of a sudden you're standing in front of the mirror going, I don't need to be hard on myself. Mm-hmm. I can't be. Um, mm-hmm. And so. Uh, saying yes to grace and truth combined. Uh, we often say yes to truth, but not yes to grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and so saying yes to those two together. Um, and uh, in your story, um, I always ask this question, is there anybody in the Bible that God said, uh, this is the person that uh, I am sending you through the scriptures? Uh, that's going to be, that's going to be helpful in your yeses. Mm. Was there any yes stories in the Bible? You go, that, that one, I, I kept getting, coming back to it. Or maybe there was more than one. Yeah. I'm going to go with two. Awesome. 
well, the first one is Nehemiah, mm-hmm. which has an obvious metaphor as he's rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem. And I was trying to rebuild and God was rebuilding in me mm. a new life. And, and so Nehemiah says yes, of course, and faces a lot of op- opposition, both from within and from without. And doesn't get ruffled. I mean, he's okay. He prays and then he's practical. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so he inspired me because of his yeses, because he just kept moving forward, moving forward. Things came up to make it look difficult, to make it more difficult, to make it look harder, but he'd never doubted the end goal Hmm. and kept moving forward. So that was inspiring. Even more so was the woman who was bleeding for 12 years. Mm. So she, of course, is most know the story. She is in this crowd of people. She wants healing from Jesus. She believes she can be healed. All she has to do is touch his cloak. And so she reaches out, touches it, is instantly healed. And then Jesus stops and says, who touched me? Which, of course, is crazy because he's getting touched all over in the crowd. But she, he takes the time to stop. And then she comes up to him. And she tells her whole story. Mm. He took the time to listen to her story. Not just heal her, but to listen to the story on the way of healing some bigwig's daughter, right? And said, daughter, go, your your faith has healed you. So it's that listening to her story of pain mm. that strikes me. And that through all of this, God isn't at a distance, just kind of touching, saying, oh, you know, you'll get better. He's saying, oh, I hear, I see you. I see your pain. I want to hear your story and I want to heal you. So very, very personal. Oh yeah, that's beautiful. I, I, I think you probably know this, but the story of this woman uh, who was bleeding and who was struggling, um, I just love the fact that Jesus uses the word daughter mm-hmm. because she did not feel like one. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't right. have been considered one. She would have been considered judged and cursed by God. Uh, you've obviously done something wrong. You've made a mistake, mm-hmm. and Jesus uses the ex- the most personal extension he could use to her to say no 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 yes. your pain does not make you not a daughter you're mm-hmm. a daughter yes declared by god and so i love that that's those are such powerful uh powerful stories that we <clears throat> that we just need to live in and so god's, god's speaking to you through uh these these people in the bible um, which I'm assuming is, is is also a daily yes, just to be able to, a regular yes, to be able to come back and go, you know what, I, I got nothing apart from this. You know, I really need this truth to live in me. Um, so now you're, you're moving, you're moving forward. You're taking steps. You're saying, God, um, I've got some healing to do. I, I do want to be well. Um, what kind of pushback did you receive? 
you know, I mean, maybe it was personal, internal, maybe it was someone else around you. What kind of pushback did you receive that would say, ah, I don't think so? I think the pushback is was more internal. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking, you know, that woman in, looking in the mirror um, and measuring myself as one that wouldn't couldn't change or couldn't be healed. Um, and not and now i think differently but as as related to the story i just mentioned but kind of not thinking that god would be so personal Mm. and take such personal time and attention and you know i'm just one among so many but one of the things i've learned is how intimate god can be in our dark places Mm. so um and to to be honest with him and invite him there yeah 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 we uh becky we often say that um the undercurrents of sin and brokenness are uh, shame fear and anger Mm. that uh, those are the first responses that adam and eve had to sin they were ashamed so they hid, and then they got mad at God. And uh, that's the cycle that we run through that again and again. Uh, and I'm you're nodding, so I'm assuming you recognize some of those those things in your journey. Um, and yet you say, I don't feel that way anymore. Hmm. Uh, and that's, that's not today. If shame, fear, and anger uh, begin to build a current or an undercurrent in your life, how did you hijack that? Oh boy, you know, and I, I've made I've made imperfect progress. It's still, <laughs> you know, it still reaps its ugly head the the guilt or shame. Um, I think I think reading the Gospels is one of the big ways because be, just seeing Jesus, you know, live and in person, and and reading stories like the Prodigal Son. Mm-hmm where but you know I, I'm probably more like the the older son who stayed home um rather than the wild son who ran off but either way what God has is for both of them yeah and the younger son came with absolutely nothing and he's welcomed in lo- loving arms mm-hmm. so I have to remember I try to remember I I'm not I'm not bringing any performance or works to the table yeah i'm just bringing myself and god is welcoming that yeah that's so good that's so good so uh, i told you i'd probably ask you a couple questions that weren't on the list um this is one of them uh and it's it's going to resonate in the hearts of other people and and if you don't like it we can just edit it out uh because we have that power um, one of the things that um, uh, that the journey you have been on uh, requires in order for you to continue in the journey of yes uh, is a big yes to forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, and forgiveness is a process. It's not a, it's not a, well, I forgave that. Everything's great now. Right. Um, 
and I'm just going to assume because uh, I know you um, that you you've had to walk through those doors mm-hmm. uh, as you have picked up pieces that uh, you know divorce breaks things that you have to fix that you didn't break, right? Um, and uh, it hurts other people and leaves you holding pain that you didn't cause. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how how has God worked in your life to bring about the process of forgiving? Uh, can I ask you that out loud? Yes, yes, you can. And actually, I have a book, a chapter in the book, which was by far the hardest one to write. Mm-hmm. I had to rewrite it and struggle with it. And we talk about it a lot at divorce care. Uh, and we, one of the things that I had to learn was what forgiveness is not. Mm. Tell it's me about that. Not, it's not saying what somebody did was okay. It's not condoning their behavior. It's it's not um, saying that I don't hurt anymore. It's not um, giving something to the other person per se. It's for, it is for me. And it's um, something to, it. for me, it was definitely a process. Like you said, it wasn't a, a one-time thing. And in the divorce, especially as you're going through it, or if you have kids and you keep communicating, there are new offenses. Yeah. It's not just the ones during the marriage or during the mm-hmm. divorce, but there can be ongoing offenses depending on how that other person reacts. And um, and you can't control that. You can't control the other person. Yeah. So, um, so learning how to, to say, I can't control that. They, and to not, make it dependent on their behavior or their apology Mm because that might never come. Yeah. But to say, I'm going to let it go. Mm. I'm going to let God deal with that person. And even this week, Leonard, as I was thinking about the woman and God saying to her, "Um, let me hear your story. Yeah. It occurred to me that God says that same thing to my ex. Mm. Let me hear your story. And that, and, and he was in pain too. Yeah. And so God is reaching out to him in love and uh, because of who God is. And I'm not, I'm not going to do that, <laughs> but I'm, but for me to move on and to not live my life looking in the rear view mirror, yeah. but to move forward, I, I just have to, to let that go. Yeah. And it helps for me to look at myself as a sinner that I was not a perfect wife by far. Absolutely not. None of us are. And, and just, just and he was not a perfect husband. And yeah. so we're, we're, we're all sinners and broken and God is redemptive and for both of our lives. And I'm going to let that go and, and move on. And there have been some yeah. great things. Yeah, that have yeah. come because God's redeeming God. So, uh, yeah, very well said. Um, forgiveness uh, out of the scriptures. When Jesus said seven times 70, mm-hmm. I always follow that up with any wedding kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it mm-hmm. just, sometimes it takes 
hundreds and hundreds of moments to say, I forgive again. Mm-hmm. I have to come back to this anchor point. And uh, the motivation that the scriptures offer <clears throat> to bring us back to that anchor point of I forgive again is our forgiveness that we've been forgiven. Mm-hmm. You know, forgive as I have forgiven you. Uh, and that's so powerful. And I, and I, I've seen that in you, but I hear that in your words today. And I just, I applaud that. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question and we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I'm going to have you uh, answer that question. And so the question that I want you to think about a little bit is um, uh, as you, um, as you have gone through this process and uh, um, tell me about the role that, uh, grief or yes has in grief uh, because you go through a grief process and um, how does yes influence uh, your grief? And so we're going to take a break. You'll hear from Papa's Roast and we'll be right back. We all know there are certain experiences that will bring to the surface a memory, an emotion, a warm feeling, or just good thoughts. For me, it's a pristine sunrise, the scent of freshly baked brownies, a meaningful song that reminds me of friendship or just being well-loved. Do you want to know what enhances each of these experiences even further? I'll tell you. What enhances each of these experiences is a great cup of coffee. That's why I love Papa's Roast Coffee. My friends, Dean and Debbie Chris, get their coffee from a single origin and roast it in small batches for that perfect flavor and shine in every bean. If you like coffee, then you're going to love Papa's Roast. Order some today at www.papasroast.com. It's roasted to perfection, shipped in eco-friendly bags, so enhance each of your daily experiences with an amazing cup of Papa's Roast today. All right, we're back. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Leonard, and I'm talking with Becky Mitchell, and she is sharing truly one of the. It's it's a it's a far too common story, but it's so real, and it's where life is. And um, I have personally walked, uh, watched, and walked uh, with Becky at different times to see what it looks like when you do it well, when you live that story well. And um, I asked her before we before we went to break. Uh, what is um, what is the connection or the role that saying yes to God has to do with how we grieve? Because uh, grief is such a big part of the journey that she's describing. So take it away, Becky. You got one hour. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. No, none. I feel none. Oh, um, grief and yes. So. One of the first yeses that I experienced with grief was just to say, yes, I have these feelings mm-hmm. that that are awful and painful and sometimes debilitating. So to instead of pushing them down, instead of, you know, trying to mask them with busyness or alcohol or whatever it is that we go to, go ahead and let them come. Mm. and and process them so um it's painful yeah but i think it's a necessary step in the grieving process and 
Then another yes, I suppose, is community. For mm -hmm. me, being involved in community was an important part of my healing process. Yeah. It's so important. And, it, and we hear this over and over in divorce care. People are fearful to enter that door the first night. But once they get there, they realize they are not alone in mm. their pain, in their grief, that other people are going with it too, that they're not crazy to feel such and such. And so I think it's so important to invite healthy community into yeah. your grieving process. Mm. And of that course, so good. yeah. And, and God, I think, of course he's there and he wants to be a part of it too. And to not be shy not about even being angry mm -hmm. because yeah. anger is one of those steps to yeah. go ahead and be angry with God. Why didn't you fix our marriage? Why didn't you save our child? Why didn't you do such and such and, and be honest with that and invite him into your grieving process? Mm, yeah, I really, um, <clears throat> I really respect those answers. Uh, community is such a hard thing to enter when shame lives in you. Mm. You know, if I feel guilty about something, uh, I can talk myself into doing what I need to do. But if I feel, feel shame, it's paralyzing almost. You know, they're not the same thing. Um uh, shame is how I perceive other people feeling about me in my brokenness. Guilt is how I feel about me, mm. uh, you know, yeah. and, <clears throat> and so walking into community with shame, um, well, I've, I've done pastoring long enough and lived long enough uh, in the, in the, in the shoes and the shadows of people's lives who, for whatever reason, uh, Satan has a way of telling us, those people will not accept you. Uh, mm -hmm. You're the only one who has this feeling. Mm -hmm. This is a unique struggle to yourself. Mm -hmm. And yet Jesus said, man, he was tempted in every way like us and yet without sin. And so, I mean, he's like, I am sympathetic to you. Um, uh, and so uh, that's such a great answer. Um, so, as you're walking through, God says, write this book. Um, tell us about your book. I want to hear about it. Now, okay. I, might, I might know about it, but I want them, them to hear about it. So. <laughs> well, and I want to back up just a second, yes, your, your comment about shame, because I think with divorce in the church, there has definitely been some shaming. Mm -hmm. And so some people might, be really hesitant to enter into that place. I think it's getting better and depends on the, the church, but, um, and even at divorce care, you know, we have to be a little bit careful because a lot of people that go there are, are the ones that were offended. If you know, everybody is, but, but they're the ones that, that might've been, um, cheated on or whatever, but right. there are also people in the room who did the cheating. Yeah. And we're we're all broken and so and we have to welcome, like you said, and I, I think uh often 12 step groups are really good at that. Yeah. And and I think the church could be a little bit better about that. Welcoming people, not judging them and 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 making it a place of acceptance and healing. Mm -hmm. So 
anyway, that was a further comment on shame. No, that's so great. Thank you for pausing on that. And uh, I know there's people listening to that going, I can do better. I can pay more attention. And mm, there's people listening right. to that going, I can be the avenue for doing better. Um, mm, sure. Good, good, good thoughts. Um, so tell me about your book. Okay. I'm excited to tell you about my book. Uh, I read it through and I, last night and I thought, oh, this, I got some good stuff in here. No, it's <laughs> I just, love it. you, do. you do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's, it was just an amazing journey how God brought it about and me with no platform. I hate social media. You know, I just, I just went to the conferences and, and Kriegel publishing picked it up and published it in 2018 so it's just it's definitely god's work mm. and and god's voice in in many ways so it's exciting to be a part of that but it's called from broken vows to healed hearts mm. the subtitle is seeking god after divorce through community scripture and journaling wow yeah and it's basically set up to be used either individually or in a group. And I'm actually going to start a group in about two weeks uh, with the book. And it's the, I have the female audience in mind and especially people going through divorce in mind, but it really is applicable to loss mm. for anybody. And it's divided up into devotions and lots of scripture and then there's, it starts with a letter from God, Jesus calling style, right? That he's mm -hmm. talking to us. And then three days of devotions. And then there's a Bible study day. And um, so it's, that's why they said, well, what genre is this? It's kind of a mixture, but it's just a, a great opportunity. I share my journey. Um, and so it's, an, and it's very progressive it really goes from that the brokenness and the pain in the very beginning to hope at the mm -hmm. end and as a matter of fact you'd be interested to know if you don't remember that the last chapter is about saying yes to god mm -hmm. and and seeing what great new opportunities he has for us in a way that makes us who we're called to be Mm. And if somebody said, well, I'm interested, where would I get that book? Well, it is, it's on Kriegel's website, but it's also on Amazon. From Kriegel. Broken Vows to Healed Hearts, Kriegel okay. Publishing, and also you can get various versions on Amazon. Excellent. Now that link to Kriegel and Amazon are going to be in the show notes. So if anybody wants okay. it. They can get it from uh, those places and uh, read it. I encourage you. I read it when it first came out. Uh, you sent me a, a copy mm -hmm. um, and uh, I got to read it. And um, what I do remember, I do remember uh, the that you finished uh, with mm -hmm. saying yes and moving, <clears throat> moving forward, being unstuck. Uh, and, and so I appreciate that. Um, so you, you write this book um, and now it's a tool mm -hmm. for others. So 
I mean, and I, I imagine, you know, you, when you thought of it, uh, you were probably writing because you wanted it to be a tool for others. Mm-hmm. Um, but how was it a tool for you? Hmm. It, it's a, uh, well, you know, people ask me if it was a cathartic experience writing mm-hmm. it. Yes and no. Yes, it, it helped me really process so many things. No, and that I had to, you know, when you go through the revising and editing process, I had to read that over and over and over. And yeah. there were some things I did not want to be reminded of. Right, you know? right. So it was, it, and, but it it was, you know, like a peeling of the layers of the onion, mm-hmm. getting into some things. Oh, well, that was a pain point even before I got married. Yeah. And so that needs to be addressed. Um, so so it was that that was really helpful to move me through my healing process in deeper layers. Mm-hmm. The other way that and I can't remember the word exact words of your question, but the other way it was healing to me was in a way it was part of my new identity mm-hmm. as becoming an author, becoming using my words and my voice to speak truth, letting God speak mm-hmm. through me in in ways I would never have been able to set up myself yeah. or even imagine myself. So that's been a huge blessing. Um, I find it um, very grace immersive to see how God redeems our pain, not just our our sin and that he doesn't waste any of our pain. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and as you said, you know, you never, uh, I mean, obviously you never saw yourself as having a platform like this. Um, and the fact that you are using one like this now uh, speaks volumes to your yeses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would ask you this question. Um, It's going to go a little bit back towards grief. It's going to, you can decide where this question lands in all of the dirt and all of our conversation. Um, You are this young lady who is working. She's uh, married and great life. It's ideal Uh, house, job, career, family, um, success all the way around. And, uh, and then, and then things unravel. Mm-hmm. And now you're living a life that uh, you didn't think you'd live. It was nowhere on your destination chart. Uh, mm-hmm. You didn't map out any anything to get you there. Uh, you're waiting in waters that you never thought you'd have to wait in, right? Mm-hmm. So in that in that process. Um, How does, how does, and I'm just going to assume it's there. If it's not, you can say, Leonard, that's a dumb question. Um, uh, How does that disappointment Mm -hmm. with a vision of your life and the God who, who informed that vision? Because Mm -hmm. you weren't living a life apart from him. You were living... Mm-hmm. We were connected in the same church. We followed Jesus. We, uh, you weren't like going, "Hey, I, I blew up 
this thing because I knew it would happen. But it's like, no, 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 nothing was going that way. And now you're for how does how does disappointment uh, play into that? Maybe with God, because I think there's somebody right now uh, who's listening going, you know, I don't even want to say yes to God because mm. last time I did, I ended up so disappointed. Mm. And what would you say to that person? Ooh, that's a hard question. And I think it's a, it comes down to a choice. Mm. Um, one of my friends, when his wife left, said, made a choice and kind of determined, I'm not going to let this ruin my life. Yeah. And so I think we can grieve and express our disappointment and maybe even anger and doubt and I and be honest about that but then I do think we have to we have a choice to okay is this going to ruin my life or am I going to trust God for another yes mm -hmm. and one of the metaphors that helps me with this is the art of kintsugi. And that's Japanese art. And they take a broken vase, a broken piece of pottery, and they put it back together with gold resin. Mm. So they glue the pieces back together, but the cracks are actually highlighted with this gold material. So that brokenness that was there before that seemed to bring everything to ruin is actually part of the history of the piece now mm. and the design has become more beautiful yeah and so and i i you know i did not see that at first mm -hmm. i did i just saw things that were not god's planned plan and okay now i'm on plan b c maybe d and what happened to plan a and it's ruined and so now what do i do and that's not how god sees it. i don't think we're on plan b c i think we're still on plan a which is following god mm -hmm. and letting him create that beauty of our lives despite our broken history mm -hmm. So it's a process. I don't think it's yeah. easy, but that was that metaphor, which a friend of mine told me about from divorce care really helped me to yeah. move past that disappointment. Yeah. You know, you, you say something so uh, profoundly deep and you, you, you went through it quickly. God doesn't have a plan B. He has a plan A, follow me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, he doesn't tell you the pathway you're going to go on. He tells you who you're following. Mm -hmm. you know, follow me. And uh, if if you've gone through the pathway that is bumpy and hills and narrow crevices and such, uh, if you're following Jesus, then he walked that path before you. Mm. You know, he was. Absolutely. And, uh, and so you say that. Because uh, I think there's just a lot of folks who've been through uh, divorce, loss, pain, 
who are struggling to move from what they thought was plan A, mm -hmm. now they're calling it plan B or C, or maybe they're maybe they're all the way through the alphabet, right. you know, um, and and God's going, um, let's get rid of those letters. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm just reading, uh, uh, this is my, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. And it's not that God is saying, well, you know, yours are slightly askew from mine. He's saying they're not the same. Mm -hmm. They're, they're not the same thoughts. They're not the same ways. And that's why as we follow Jesus, there's only plan A, mm -hmm. uh, plan J follow Jesus. Right. And, right. Uh, and so, um, so well, you, and, and excuse me, and as people go down that path, they may be making choices themselves that take them off the path, right? It could be life and circumstances and other people, but we can also bring devastation to our own lives by our own rebellious ways. And it's, I really like Psalm 107 because it's mm. talking about people in these different circumstances, maybe at sea, uh, in prison or whatever it is. And sometimes it's brought about by their re rebellious ways. Sometimes it's foisted upon them. Either way, God's answer is the same. Yeah. Cry out to me and I will rescue you. And then tell everybody, let the redeemed of the Lord say this. Yes. Tell yes. everybody. Yeah. Because what comes to you has to go through you. And mm. what you've been given, give away. Right. And, um, and I love that. I love Psalm, Psalm 107. Um, Becky, as you are thinking through, um, here's what here's my common experience um, when it comes to Christians and advice. The worst advice I ever got was from Christians <laughs> who, who wanted me to, to uh, do something that was outside of the framework of God's goodness. You know, mm -hmm. you go tell that person, you go, you know, and, uh, and some of the best care I ever got was from Christians mm -hmm. who just simply put their arm on my shoulder and said, mm -hmm. yeah, this, this is terrible mm -hmm. I'm with you. Um, so would you would you um, speak to the person who follows Jesus, who has a friend going through divorce, going through loss, mm -hmm. and would you would you give them the pro tip on how to love that person? Mm -hmm. I think the pro tip is presence, mm. yeah, just to be there, and and. Like you said, to say this is hard. Yeah. To not give cliches or to say, you know, you're better off without them, or to say, um, or her, or to say, you know, God, it's it's gonna get better. God, you know, makes brings all thing about for good. You know, all those things that uh, your pain is the same in that yeah. moment. That doesn't, and so just to be there, recognize the pain, and especially for, um, well, single men and single women, uh, if they're single parenting, sometimes practical help, yeah. right? We don't have to spiritualize everything. We can yeah. come over and mow somebody's lawn or take the kids 
for ice cream or do something really practical to say, I see you mm. and I want to help you yeah. and I love you. You know, um, that's how our conversation started is you saying, I didn't feel seen, wanted or loved. Mm. Um, and that's what you reached out to God uh, that he, you trusted and followed him because he saw you, loved you and wanted you. Um, and so for you to have that so clearly stated as your response to hurting people, mm. uh, it really just affirms how the grace of God uh, is living in you. And I think that's amazing. Um, I was asked this question. Well, I just got a couple more real quick ones. Um, whose yes are you standing on? None of us get to the places we are by ourselves. Uh, somebody else said yes which gave them the ability to, to to just really lift us up so we could say yes. Mm. Um, whose yeses are you standing on in this moment in time? That's a hard one, but I do have two very close girlfriends mm -hmm. who I met, one at the writer's conference I mentioned, another one at the single a singles group. So... I wouldn't have met them had I been married. And I grew very close to them. So they're the kind of friends I could call in the middle of the night. I could invite them over to my messy house and they'd still love me. I could uh, you know, share honest struggles and they'd accept me and pray with me. So being accepted and loved by them on one level help. And they were also single moving forward in their own healing journeys, mm. <clears throat> sharing their victories and challenges and also affirming in me, my voice, mm. my voice to write my voice to lead at divorce care, uh, just affirming. Yes. God is working through you. And these words that you have that you've written will help other people. Yeah. They're helping me. They're going to help others. And they, and so, and, and they would give feedback too, mm -hmm. saying, well, you could do this or that. And so it was very much, it helped me move forward and what, in that big yes that uh -huh. I think it's calling me yeah. to do. Yeah. I love that. Um, I'm so glad that God sends people uh, into our lives. Uh, you have emphasized uh, community uh, more than once in the healing process of that. My last question for you is this. Uh, you briefly mentioned journaling. Uh, as a guy who has bought more journals, wrote one page, and now he can't find them. Uh <laughs> It's, it's, it's not been my habit. It's not been my discipline, but it's obviously helped you. Mm -hmm. um, and so take somebody out there who's going, should I journal or should I not? Mm. And just give them an encouragement. Uh, what's the power of journaling? And I understand that initially it doesn't seem like it's for everybody, but it, it doesn't mean you have to write volumes. Maybe you write one sentence a day. Mm you know, just a statement of your state of mind, right. your feelings, what's pressing on you that day. Uh, 
And so even if you just write that one sentence and you look over a period of six months, then you can see some progression. Maybe you can see some patterns or repetition and, and that could show you how God is working because sometimes we go from day to day and we think I'm in the same place doing the same thing. I'm stuck. But if we look at the words we wrote six months ago, we can, we might see some insight or some progress. So that's one thing. And the the second thing, and this comes from being a writing teacher, we tell, I tell my students, you don't have everything figured out before you start writing. You learn what you want to say as you write. Mm. And so we can learn what is going on in our hearts and our minds, what God is trying to say to us as we write. Yeah. And, and I might start with a little idea. And then as I process and analyze it and write about it, more insight comes from and the Holy Spirit works through that to to teach us and to comfort us. Wow. So what I just heard you say was that uh, journaling has a revealing nature uh, Mm -hmm. to us that, that it reveals things to us. And then, and the journaling also uh, has a way of marking out the progress of yeses. Yes. Um, So that I, I, where I was six months ago because of little yeses, Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not there anymore. I'm different. I'm moving. Right. Um, well, Becky, I want to respect your time. I appreciate you so much. Uh, I'm so glad we're friends. And uh, um, I am uh, really proud of you for whatever that's worth. Uh, mm-hmm. And I uh, I have just nothing but admiration for uh, you as a sister, as a woman, and as a friend, uh, and as a minister of the gospel. You are doing some things that matter so much. Um, you want to get uh, Becky's book? Tell us the name one more time because I won't get all the subtitles. Okay. From Broken Vows to Healed Hearts. Mm, I like that. Broken Vows to Healed Hearts. Uh, we have a God who heals. We have a yes, God who do. sees. Uh, and uh, your evidence of that, um, that, is a, that is the story that the redeemed of the Lord say. Uh, love Psalm 107. I encourage anybody who's listening, go read Psalm 107. Uh, those four vignettes are amazing. Did you like my English word? Vignette. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. It's, it's on my calendar. Tear that off, cross it off. Um, and well, thank uh, you for your affirming words. You've always been, you know, I think one of my greatest fans that has lifted me up if I can say that. And, um, and I do have one more story, which please tell. Yes. That was good. I, anything else you want to say? Yes, I do have one more thing. And I think it fits along with some of the themes that you've brought out. And it's a story of a time when I was feeling pretty lonely. Mm. You know, when you go from being married for 25 years to that person, not being in your life at all anymore, it's tough. Yeah. And and so I was praying for God to kind of um, reveal his presence more to me. So it was, it's kind of a reverse of the yes. I, I wanted something from God. <laughs> and so I one day I'm on campus and I walk to the cafeteria and I, it's crowded and I share a table with somebody who didn't look up from his laptop, didn't say a word. 
So I'm feeling, you know, sitting there next to somebody, but not talking at all, which is, I'm an introvert, so it wasn't too bad, but, but it made me feel disconnected. You know, it just kind of triggered my loneliness Mm. at the time. So I'm walking back to my office after lunch and there are some, there's a group of three students walking the opposite direction, two women and one man. They're in their late twenties. And the man stops and faces me and the women walk a little bit further. And he says, can I ask you a question? And I said, sure. Hoping it's not a political one, (laughs) hoping it's just one for directions or something. And he said, can I give you a hug? Mm. So I look at the ladies, you know, thinking, is this guy creepy? (laughs) But he wasn't. I did not have a creepy vibe at all. And I said, I mumbled something about people needing touch or whatever. And I said, sure. And so he gives me a great big bear hug. And he has this cute Brazilian accent. And in that accent, he says, God loves you so much. Mm. And I just thought, wow. You know, I was wanting a little bit more of God's presence, a little bit more tangible love. God was skin on and he said yes to me that day and gave me that great big bear hug through Alex. And that's just stayed with me. God saw me. God touched me. God loved me through that encounter. And I don't know if Alex is an angel or just a man listening to the Holy Spirit, but either way, God touched me that day with skin on. Yeah. Goodness gracious, that is uh, that is the best way to wrap up this podcast because um, uh, go be Alex for somebody. Yes, uh, and 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 maybe God has an Alex just for you for paying attention. Uh, so uh, what a great story that is, Becky. Thank you for being with us today. Uh, thank you for your honesty and just who you are, folks. Thanks for tuning in to uh, say yes and become. Uh, I will see you or hear from you next week. And uh, hey, God bless. Amen. Thank you.